Hi there, and welcome back to Naturally Recovering Autism. I really appreciate you being here and and coming to join us week after week because I have so many valuable resources that I want to share with you. And uh, today's topic is going to be camel's milk. And I think you're really, really going to get a lot of benefit out of this for your child with autism. And before we begin, I just want to give a little uh, a little background to um, for anybody if you're new listening in that um, I am your host Karen Thomas and. Uh, my son was once diagnosed with autism and I was told to drug him and try behavioral therapies but um, my background being a craniosacral therapist where I studied the brain and in holistic health I knew that the brain could heal and I wanted to do something for my son and figure out what the causes were of his problems and his symptoms not just mask them especially with dangerous drugs that had negative side effects and so I began my own quest and uh, it took me about a, a decade, 10, 10 years of research, trial and error. And I know you are likely going through that same thing. And so now that my son is fully recovered today, lives away on his own at, at college, he's absolutely fine. And I want to be able to share these resources with you. And so I have actually created a free online workshop that's called the four stages to naturally recover from autism. And you can go there and, and learn what the four stages are. And one is healing the gut, two, natural heavy metal detoxification, three is clearing the co-infections of mold, Lyme and strep. And then stage four is brain support and repair. And so by watching that, you'll be able to get some an overall view of the things that really need to be done for optimum results in autism recovery. And you can get that. Uh, the link for that is naturallyrecoveringautism.com forward slash free workshop. No spaces, just free workshop. And um, it'll give you a lot of value and um, show you how I can help you best because that's what I want to do is help you to get your child better. And so again, today we are talking about camel's milk and how beneficial it is for children on the autism spectrum. This has become somewhat of a hot topic. More and more parents are hearing about it because it has so many benefits. And we have Dr. Dr. Jody DeShore with us here today. And uh, again, if you've been with us for a while, Dr. DeShore, has been on the show in the past and we've been talking about comorbid infections again mold Lyme strep issues and um, and Dr. Deshore has found camel's milk to be very beneficial in her practice working with children with autism so we're going to go over those those um, some of those specifics for you so you know uh, know more and get more education on this I'll give you a little background on Dr. Deshore um, in case again you're new to uh, listening in Dr. Deshore is an internationally recognized pioneering clinician in the all-natural plant-based treatment of autism Lyme disease mold biotoxin illness pans and pandas nutrigenomics and autoimmune illness she works with children and adults in over 43 countries around the world. Dr. DeShore is a board-certified doctor of occupational therapy, neurology, with postdoctoral specialization in neurosensory. She is board-certified as a holistic health practitioner and board-certified in integrative pediatrics. Her past training abroad includes specialization in pediatric neurology in multiple naturopathic disciplines in Bombay, the UK, and the USA. Dr. DeShore is currently pursuing her PhD and board certification in integrative medicine with a special interest in quantum physics. And she is the director of BioNexus Health Clinic in Marlboro, New Jersey, a center that's dedicated to plant-based and all-natural treatment methods. So Dr. DeShore, thank you for being here again. I really appreciate you 
taking your time to be on the show and, and help educate the parents with, you know, your, your, your time for one and your expertise. So welcome. Thank you. It's always a pleasure to be here with you, Karen. And um, I know, yes, yes. Go ahead. And I know Sorry. that you have um, you have a lot of children in your in your practice that you work with uh, with autism, and you so there are certain things that you you might look for or recognize in a child's symptoms that can tell you that it you know they they possibly will need camel's milk. So um, maybe you know kind of give some some symptom ideas and and the things that you look for. Absolutely, yes. We spoke a little bit about uh, camel milk in the last show, so uh, I know that you always provide a link to that. And uh, to begin with, I would like to provide a link um, for your audiences as well. Once again, it is, you know, in case anybody has any questions or they want to go for additional knowledge about camel milk, uh, what are the properties of camel milk, etc. So the, the, the scientific advisory board on uh, on camel milk is on um, camel. So it's www.camelmed, M-E-D, med as in medicine. So camelmedforum, F-O-R-U-M.com. So camelmedforum.com. You can join, you can become a member. There's no cost to it. Once you become a member, you'll get a link to the Facebook group where you can post your questions. And, and uh, Karen, you and I both are on the advisory board and um, I should be able to answer any further clarifications they need on online on the forums. So, okay. Um, and just yeah. to let the listeners know, I have created a link for today's show, and I've already put the uh, Camel Med Forum and the International Forum for Camels uh, Medicine, IFCAM, on that page as well. So uh, again, if you're out driving your car or you're on your morning walk and you're listening to this, you will have the source to go back to for the show notes. Again, it will be naturallyrecoveringautism.com forward slash 43, just the numbers four three. And uh, so all the links for today's show, including that one that Dr. Deshore mentioned, will be on that page for you. Um, okay. And so uh, go ahead, please continue. Coming back to autism, um, just got back from the Autism One Conference in Chicago and uh, spoke about herbs and essential oils and camel milk, and I had a humongous response from practitioners and parents alike. So yes, you're right. It's it's becoming, you know, people are becoming more and more aware about the medicinal properties of camel milk. Um, so how do I decide uh, which child will benefit? From, um, from camel milk. So pretty much, you know, it is uh, uh, anybody of all ages can have camel milk, um, but there are a, a few uh, indicators that, that will tell me that, you know, this child will benefit uh, from camel milk because uh, there is immune issues or there is gut issues. Um, we know that with autism, you, you mentioned comorbid. Uh, comorbid symptoms and comorbid conditions like mold exposure, Lyme disease, co-infection, strep, uh, pants issues, pandas issues, all of these amount to um, what is being called more and more as autoimmune encephalopathy. Uh, autoimmune encephalopathy is brain inflammation in, in children with autism, and um, there seems to be a huge immune component, that seems to be there is a huge immune component because it is an autoimmune condition at this point. So 
Um, camel milk is very effective in immune rehabilitation of autoimmune diseases in humans. Uh, that is something that comes to my mind since I've been using camel milk in, in my practice from 2012. I have numerous um, a proprietary protocols that I use for, um, for children depending on what the issue is. So you, you mentioned 44 countries. Uh, I actually, uh, as of last week, it's up to 49, right? Okay, no, it's actually 49 countries that I'm, um, uh, I, I have patients in. And, you know, when, when it comes to autism, when it comes to uh, trying to help our children, the emotions, the intentions are all the same, no matter what culture you're from. Yeah, absolutely. And the parents looking for the right natural resources. I know it's funny with my program now, I just say in over 40 countries, because like you, the number seems to rise daily. And it's how we just kind of keep up with it. Um, We need to take a short break right here, actually. But when we come back, we will definitely continue right where we left off with this on camel's milk. You're listening to Naturally Recovering Autism. I'm your host, Karen Thomas. Please stay with us. We Hi there, and welcome back to Naturally Recovering Autism. I'm your host, Karen Thomas, and if you're just joining us today, uh, we have Dr. Jody DeShore here with us. As she's been on the show in the past, we've discussed some co-infections of autism, and today's episode, we are talking about camel's milk. And again, this is a really big hot topic in autism today because uh, there's they're, they're seeing so much success with it. My parents are record, uh, reporting things like calmer moods, improved digestion, improved speech and sleep, and um, So we're going to go into looking at some of the symptoms to look for and maybe why and then also uh, how you can get it and dosages, et cetera. So we're we're going to cover all of that in today's show. Um, So Dr. DeShore, what are the symptoms that you look for? I mean, I know the gut has a lot to do with uh, how beneficial the the camel's milk can be. And also, I'm sure uh, parents are probably listening, wondering, okay, so we definitely say stay away from cow's milk. It's a big no-no with autism. So it's got, I know, a, a different beta carotene type structure, so it's okay mm-hmm. to have camel's milk versus um, not being able to have cow's milk, too. Right. So we will require uh, about three segments to, to answer all the questions you just asked. We will continue this episode. Not three shows, but, but three segments in today's show. Mm-hmm. Uh, so what, what are my gut health observations in children? You know, even before that, let me say, um, what I've seen online and, and the kind of questions I get asked, I mean, you know, people say, oh, it's just milk. Yes, I understand that it's just milk, but we also know we are looking at children with autism. And children with autism are known to have a leaky gut. Many have folate receptor antibodies, you know, in which uh, using uh, dairy products is uh, pretty severely contraindicated at that point. So it is important to go step by step. Um, When you're using a milk that has immunoglobulins or antibodies, and I will go into the structure of camel milk as well and explain in depth uh, what I mean by all this. So coming back to gut health observations, I look at um, you know, we, we can get a clue looking at basic labs that are run by um, uh, most pediatricians, most Dan doctors or Lyme doctors, you know, treating kids with autism. Uh, it gives us a clue about intestinal permeability. Like, for example, if the WBCs or uh, the, the white cell count is less than five, gives me a clue. Raised inflammatory markers like ESR, 
which is the SED rate, CRP, LDL, which is the uh, uh, low density cholesterol, calcitonin, ferritin, C4A, C3A, uh, low BUN, uh, low iron, the uh, red blood cell indices, you know, there are four or five uh, red blood cell indices that come in your complete blood count, right, which also gives your WBC count. So there, the RBC indices, you will see, uh, I will see, they indicate some sort of an anemic process going on. Uh, it's important to keep in mind that approximately 80% of the immune system, 70 to 80% resides in the gut, uh, in the gut-associated lymphoid tissue or the, the GALT. The health of the GALT is very important. It covers an area of almost 300 square meters. Uh, it, it consists of parts like the mesenteric lymph nodes, Peyer's patches, all their tonsillar rings. So it starts all the way up in, in your mouth, near your throat. The lymphoid aggregates in the appendix, uh, your large intestine, the lymphoid and plasma cells, which are the antibody producers, uh, in the lamina propria of the gut, and there is more. So as you can see, it is, um, it is a, a very important part of the immune system. Uh, diet, yes, you mentioned uh, gut issues and food sensitivities, and uh, diet plays a, a very important role. So I typically suggest gluten-free, sugar-free, honey is okay, no processed foods, no glyphosate, organic pastured, grass-fed, and, and finished. No, uh, within the family, uh, no cigarettes, no added sugar, local fresh organic fruits and veggies. Check for sulfites, sulfur, phenols, and salicylate sensitivity. And often, uh, if, if the child is very thin, I will modify the specific carbohydrate diet so we can add in some grains safely after looking at the genetics and the inflammatory markers. So it's, it's a step-by-step -step detailed process. Yeah, and I also, I know parents are wondering where you get all this. I, I actually have a book that I'll link to, Naturally Recovering Autism, and uh, I go through a lot of those uh, diet issues as I, as, as I do as well in my program, and everything is linked to, again, for the page that uh, the show notes will be on at naturallyrecoveringautism.com forward slash 43. And, um, and camel's milk also can reduce uh, some uh, allergic sensitivities. I mean, a lot of parents are seeing mm -hmm. uh, things with that as well. And I noticed, too, a lot of... I mean, our kids generally have gut issues. They have intestinal permeability. They have high inflammation markers. So mm -hmm. if we reduce the inflammatory foods or eliminate the inflammatory foods, especially during the, the gut healing process for the first few months and um, until we really see uh, the changes happening. But I'm assuming then you're thinking camel's milk can come in earlier because it can actually, uh, I've read about this being able to help heal up some of the leaky gut, some of that, that gut permeability. So do you, do you yeah. um, add it in early on then? I depends. You know, like we, when we are looking at gut dysfunction, as you mentioned, the kind of issues that I see in my practice is uh, fatigue, nutritional deficiencies, sleep disturbances, endocrine hormonal imbalances, you know, GI issues, uh, metabolic disorders, mood issues, executive function issues, brain fog. Uh, detoxification challenges, especially if there is MTHFR issues. Um, then there is oxidative stress and cellular damage. Often uh, when children come to me, you know, um, gut repair has not been done. 
often there is a misdiagnosis of um, uh, autistic colitis which I know many, many children with autism suffer from. And, and you know, the, uh, the conventional treatment with steroids and anti-inflammatory meds, uh, it does help children that have the classic autistic colitis. Uh, and, and I know there is a, a, a whole lot of, um, uh, you know, autism gastroenterologists out there that, that have a lot of uh, fantastic research on this. So I'm not going to get into in, in depth, but what I see Children who don't respond to the, the treatment that has been established for autistic colitis, one has to look at underlying issues, uh, specifically continued upregulated inflammation, even when you're using conventional anti-inflammatory. Right, that it stays up there. When We need to take a short break right here, but when we come back, we'll talk about maybe how you prepare the uh, the system for camel's milk and uh, and some do- starting dosages I think would be helpful for uh, our listen- listeners as well. You're listening to Naturally Recovering Autism. I'm your host, Karen Thomas. Stay with us. We will be right back. Have you ever wondered why some children recover from their symptoms of autism while others never seem to get any better? After 13 years of research, Karen Thomas has recovered her own son from his symptoms of autism naturally. She now shares how she did it with you in her free webinar so that you can have the right resources and knowledge to help your child. The definition of recovery is to regain health. Karen offers this to you in four stages. Healing the gut, natural heavy metal detoxification, balancing the co-infections of autism, brain support, and repair. Register now for this free webinar to help you know what you can do to help your child to sleep better, be more calm, improve focus, and reach their fullest potential to live a happy, healthy life. Go to naturallyrecoveringautism.com forward slash free workshop. Empowering parents with the resources to naturally recover autism from a mom. Hi there, and welcome back to Naturally Recovering Autism. I'm your host, Karen Thomas, and today we are talking about camel's milk with Dr. Jody DeShore. And before the break, we were talking about how to prep the system for it and a certain support you might want to give the GI tract before uh, you start uh, administering or giving dosages of camel's milk. And then we definitely need to talk about dosages because uh, I always caution parents on die-off, which is mean when, when the bad bacteria dies off, it releases, you want it to do that. But if you do it too quickly, as it's doing that, it releases some toxins. So you might have heard the, the term Herxheimer or Herx reaction or die-off, and that's when the body is... The, the bad bacteria is dying off really fast, but it's too fast for the liver and the lymphatics and the, and the system to keep up with for detoxifying it out of the system. And you're, you can see that your child's physical and behavioral symptoms can get worse. So we want to do things very slowly um, with anything, um, but this is definitely one of those pieces. So Dr. Jashore, how do you go about supporting the, the GI system and the metabolic systems before you start using camel's milk? Excellent question. And you mentioned about the uh, detoxification organs. So, excuse me. So, liver support. Most of the most of the organ supports I use are homeopathic and herbal. I mean, all of them are homeopathic or herbal. Homeopathic, not classical remedies, uh, but the complex homeopathy or homotoxicology. Excuse me again. So for uh, so there's liver support. We use things like uh, picana, guna liver, NAC for kidney support. I like to use solidago, renelix, kidney tone, uva, 
for lymphatic drainage support, we use herbs like cleavers and dandelion, magista. There's also lymphonis. Uh, I also like to add in a little bit of support that speeds up the healing. So some of the herbs that we can use would be eleuthero, ashwagandha, uh, suprin would be a homotoxicology combination, loving energy is a great herbal combination that I use in my practice. Like these are some of my uh, favorite brands. Um, no affiliation, of course, this is just, you know, experience. And I know that you have uh, really wonderful organ support in your program as well. Absolutely. Um, it's, it's crucial. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So other than that, I, I also like to use to lay the ground for using any powerful treatment. It's important to have bile salts, digestive enzymes. Sometimes proteolytic enzymes are required depending on the level of inflammation. Uh, I like to use uh, uh, things like curcumin. Uh, I like to rotate probiotics. Sometimes beneficial yeast like Saccharomyces boulardii is important. Essential fatty acids, phospholipids, omega-3. Um, I look at uh, putting in a little bit of things like bone broth for collagen support. I like to look at methylation polymorphisms to see if there is any kind of MTHFR, CBS, and VDR issues going on right at the beginning. Um, I don't necessarily address the methylation <clears throat> issues, but I like to know because that will impact on uh, the organ support I provide, the amount of detoxification support that the child needs. So it's important to look at, at the genetics of the child as well so we are uh, kind of custom tailoring the protocol to the biology of that particular child. As you know, everybody's different. Right. And then uh, especially with, with methylation, I know uh, um, things, you know, looking at folate receptors and, and some kids have high sensitivity, even though things like mm-hmm. vitamin B12 are, is so necessary and you only want to use methyl B12. But even some kids in the very beginning, you have to work very, very slowly up with that because especially with the MTHFR genetic mutation, which about 98% of kids with autism have, that uh, that they can be very sensitive to it. And that that would be implied in camel's milk as well, wouldn't it? Yes, that is correct, yes. So looking at folate receptor uh, antibodies, it is, um, you know, uh, the test may or may not be available in uh, so many different countries in the world that both you and I are helping people in. But uh, in in general, following the folate receptor um, antibody test results as being high and slowly building up is a, a good background for camel milk. And uh, Karen, feel free to, uh, you know, come in and stop me anytime that, that we need to end this segment because I'm happy to continue in the next one. But um, folate receptor antibodies test is important for every child with autism before giving any milk products. Um, so for moderate to high results, I like to say you, it's important to avoid all milk products in the beginning. Start considering camel milk especially if you have a a really good biomedical or naturopathic practitioner, they should be able to guide you through the gut repair and the gut support that we spoke about a few minutes ago. So go through those, you know, establish a a good diet that we spoke about in the previous segment. 
uh, once all of these basics are in place, once we know where the inflammation is coming from, um, you know, what kind of autoimmunity already exists in the body. Keep in mind, folate receptor antibodies is an autoimmune condition. It means the body is producing antibodies or immunoglobulins that are attacking the folate receptors. And then, on, like you mentioned, on top of it, if there is an, any kind of MTHFR or methylation issues, there is further compromise in the amount of folate that the body can process, right? Right. So are you saying that you, of course, we want to get the diet in place. We want to get some liver and lymphatic support in there, some binders, et cetera. And once that's in place, then will you, uh, would you say you start with, start utilizing some camel's milk? Would it be a week into that, maybe a couple of weeks into that? How soon would you start using camel's milk? The earliest I have used camel milk was one child in South Africa. That was two weeks. Now, uh, it will depend on your child, but minimum two weeks. Sometimes if you see your child really responding well to the change in the diet, et cetera, then, then, then about a month is also a good idea. Now, remember, you know, we are, we are speaking about rewiring the brain, rewiring the immune system, trying to help uh, a, a child on the spectrum. So there's no rush here. But most parents, you know, do understand that slow and steady is is the way to go. So we are we are avoiding any kind of um, any kind of reactions. You know, either a detoxification reaction or a die-off reaction. They are both different, but uh, both can be very distressing. Yeah, absolutely. Um, if we can uh, we can catch up uh, right back here when we come back. We have to take a short break, um, but I think it's uh, there's some other important things things to say here. So. Um, you're listening to Naturally Recovering Autism, and please stay with us. Hi there, and welcome back to Naturally Recovering Autism. I'm your host, Karen Thomas, and today we are talking with Dr. Jody Deshore about camel's milk and the benefits of it for your child with autism. And just before the break, we were talking about you, know, you want to be on the whole gut healing diet with some good liver and lymphatics, some detoxification support, and things going on for at least two weeks up to a month, possibly better, before beginning working with camel's milk. And if you're, uh, it's important to know that the gut, the gut is actually called the second brain now. And yes, up to 80% of the immune system is made in the gut. But there are microbes in the gut that actually communicate with microbes in the brain back and forth through the lymphatic system. And so it's important that that lymphatic system is draining well, and you're supporting these these microbes to build the good bacteria and get rid of the bad. And that's the reason for really starting to do some gut healing work before you're really wanting to move forward and moving forward it with any type of work with autism make sure you're moving very slowly and I know as a parent I went through it you, you know sometimes we can get into that panic or you know mode of wanting to just you know you know do something else and do it faster but um, trust me in the long run you'll be happier if you if you move forward slowly you'll actually make more progress faster if you move slowly so Dr. Deshore um, why don't we talk a little bit about um and, you know, we're talking about some of the, the composition or, or some of the things that are so beneficial in, in camel's milk that can, that can help these, these issues. Yes. Let's begin with autism and regular milk casein, right? We, we've said several times that camel milk is different. So let's explain the difference. Um, many studies talk about an immunological malfunction in children with autism uh, that 
affects the specific intestinal enzyme that is responsible for degradation of casein, the regular milk protein, into amino acids, which, which are building blocks, as we know. So instead, what happens in, uh, in children with autism that has been studied is two casein, the beta-lactoglobulin and the beta-casein, are broken down into a very powerful opioid called as casomorphine. The, the casomorphine is what accounts for the clinical manifestations uh, of the brain. So if autism persists, eventually the opioids retain or help uh, retain and perpetuate the typical symptoms of um, autism, the typical brain inflammation uh, symptoms of autism. So that, that is why um, regular milk casein is often uh, not tolerated by kids on the spectrum. The other most common thing seen is an immediate response is severe constipation. Now, looking at, let's look at the structure, the general composition of camel milk. Now, why is camel milk great and why, uh, you know, what happens when you take camel milk? So, camel milk uh, composition is fat. It contains low-fat concentrations mainly of polyunsaturated fatty acids. Um, it also contains some lactose, and it's easily absorbed, even by those suffering from lactose intolerance. So it's only 4.8% lactose. Vitamins, of course, there are many vitamins. Vitamin C, calcium, iron are present in high concentrations in camel milk. Um, Protein-wise, camel milk proteins do not contain allergens. So there is no ruminant like beta-casein or beta-lactoglobulin, but uh, camel milk does contain uh, a, a very beneficial amount of insulin and a number of protective proteins. Um, what are these protective proteins, right? So the protective proteins in camel milk are mainly what we call as enzymes, uh, medicinal enzymes, um, that have medicinal, uh, they are enzymes that have medicinal properties. They originate from good bacteria, which have uh, bactericidal, uh, fungicidal, and uh, viricidal properties, as well as antibody or uh, beneficial immunological activities. So um, the most effective proteins in camel milk are lysozyme. Lysozyme, it helps to strengthen the primary immune system. Then there are immunoglobulins, uh, IgA, IgG, IgM, a little bit of IgD as well. Now, these immunoglobulins give the body immune protection against infection. Um, then there is also lactoferrin. So iron-saturated lactoferrin, this participates in, once again, in the uh, beneficial effect on the primary immune system. And it is also based on, uh, based on targeting areas in the gut that are infected by invading bugs, you know, by uh, non-beneficial bacteria or viruses or parasites. Um, there is one, one last one I wanted to talk about is lactoperoxidase. So lactoperoxidase is found, um, is found in camel milk. It contributes to the non-immune host defense. You know, it doesn't act on your immune system, but it acts on the overall anti-inflammatory effect. It has an overall anti-inflammatory effect on the gut. 
So that's lactoperoxidase. It can also be bactericidal activity, specifically the gram-negative bacteria. You know, when you're exposed to mold, uh, many children have Marcons, and Marcons are gram-negative. And, uh, you know, if, if there is allergies, if there's a post-nasal drip, uh, these poor kids are swallowing these bacteria straight into their gut, and uh, that is what I mean by the bactericidal activity against gram-negative bacteria. That was like an, uh, you know, a, a concrete example of where the gram-negative bacteria can come in the gut of uh, kids with autism. About 65% of kids with autism I see in my practice have mold exposure, and uh, uh, that, that percentage is growing as, um, you know, as, as time goes on and mold awareness increases. Uh, lactoperoxidase, not only does it kill the gram-negative bacteria, this uh, compound has growth promotion activity as well. So there is a close relation to human thyroid peroxidase. We know that you know, thyroid is really important for growth, and uh, the camel lactoperoxidase, is, um, you know, it, it has a 71% relation to the human thyroid peroxidase, which is involved in, uh, in, in iodination and coupling in the formation of thyroid hormones. So it is a, a very important uh, molecule to have in the body. We need to take a short break here, uh, but when we come back to, uh, it's very important this, uh, we can we can continue with this information and look at, uh, at some of these pieces, especially our kids have thyroid, the thyroid's affected by the adrenals and they affect each other back and forth and there's so much internal and external stress and stimuli that these kids need support with, so it sounds like this would be really helpful. And then, um, and then I know a big question that's come up has been raw versus flash pasteurized as well when we move into dosages. So we'll get into that after the break. You're listening to Naturally Recovering Autism. Stay with us. And welcome back to Naturally Recovering Autism. I am your host, Karen Thomas, and today we are discussing camel's milk and the benefits of ch- for children with autism. And we have Dr. Jody DeShore uh, here as a guest with us. And before the break, we were talking about a lot of the benefits, which there are many, of camel's milk, including some really beneficial enzymes, uh, some immunoglobulins that will help protect against infection and, and help support the immune system, uh, things that will help uh, many things as well as the, the thyroid system. And then also I know that uh, there are a lot of, of antibodies in it that uh, that are helpful too. So Dr. DeShore, do you want to maybe just kind of continue where we left off and then I do I would like to also get into the raw versus flash pasteurized questions I know that comes up for a lot of parents again at the autism one conference this weekend I was there as well and that that seemed to be a, a really big question and almost concern for parents so I want to make sure that we do cover that too but the antibodies uh, and you mentioned FRA so can you can you go ahead with that yes of course all of that is connected so antibodies are also known as immunoglobulins. They are Y-shaped proteins that are produced by the immune system uh, to help us, to help our body stop intruders like bacteria, viruses from harming the body. So when anything harmful, a toxin, a bacteria enters the body, the immune system kind of springs into action and, uh, you know, and uh, these invaders are called as antigens. And again, antibodies are produced against antigens. So that might be an easy way to remember. So antibodies, antigens. Uh, And antibodies are also known as immunoglobulins. And as I mentioned before, camel milk contains immunoglobulins. 
um, there is a big difference. Camel milk immunoglobulins are nanoglobulins. Uh, in other words, they are nanobodies, not or nanoantibodies, because they are one tenth the size of human antibodies. So thus, they are natural nanobodies. Uh, however, important thing is that these nanobodies can still grasp their targets, such as bacteria, viruses, fungi, just as effectively as the large uh, human antibodies. Now, because they are nanosized, it's easy for them to cross into the cell membrane and go inside the cells and, and you know, clean out the cells, clean out the cells of the toxins, the bacteria, whatever becomes intracellular. We know that with comorbid issues, uh, many toxins and bacteria become intracellular that because that's where they're hiding from the immune system, right? Because, you know, human antibodies are often described as magic bullets, but in reality, by molecular standards, they're actually more like tanks. They are big and complicated and expensive. This is where the camel milk uh, nanobodies help us. Uh, now, the fact that they are doing detoxification, the fact that camel nanobodies are doing die-off you know, of, of uh, intruders or pathogens or bacteria in the gut, that is where the whole debate about raw versus flash pasteurized. Flash pasteurized is, you know, uh, you, you heat it quickly and then you cool it quickly. It, is, it maintains almost all of the beneficial properties of camp milk. Um, so looking at how fragile the child is and looking at, um, looking at what the FRA study shows, uh, I, I usually come up with a protocol. So for example, if for moderate to high results on the folate receptor antibody test, meaning uh, the child has moderate uh, to high autoimmune antibodies against the folate receptors in the brain, you avoid all milk products. Like I said, you know, stay on that um, uh, on on my recommendations for minimum two weeks to a month, and uh, you start camel milk low dose, one teaspoon, and build up very slowly. Start with flash pasteurized to begin with, and build up to half a cup twice a day. I have about five percent of patients that need to start with one drop a day and slowly build up uh, for low folate receptor antibody results, it's okay to use, um, use camel milk after just about a couple weeks of the previous things we discussed, you know, the previous gut protocol. However, again, you start with the low dose, uh, slightly higher, you can go to one tablespoon a day, and you can add one tablespoon every three days, and once again, build up to half a cup twice a day. Uh, after a few months to maybe a year, the child can definitely, I mean, I've seen children, you know, uh, if you have the resources, the kids can do up to a pint a day. Keep in mind, you know, genetics, if you are born in the Middle East, then it, it really uh, is, the, you will see that the um, tolerance for camel milk is higher simply because of the genetics involved, you know. Um, now, even with low folate receptor antibody results, I always start with flash pasteurized first for three months. And then, because the FRA was low, we introduced raw with informed consent from the parents and a good, clean product. So introduce raw, you will go back to the slow buildup with one tablespoon a day and then build up slowly. 
So with somebody who has the uh, the folate receptor sensitivity, so you're starting with flash pasteurized about three months, and then after that, you would suggest uh, then after about that three month period, starting with raw again titrating up, starting with uh, somewhere between a drop and a teaspoon in the beginning. Is that what you would do? No, uh, no. you have to differentiate between. Sorry, you have to differentiate. Yeah, between moderate and high folate receptor antibody ah. results. And if there is low folate, so what you just said uh, applies to the low folate results. Uh, if there is a high folate receptor antibody, the flash pasteurized may have to be continued for a while. Like with my son, I had to use flash pasteurized for a good year or so before we started uh, you know, adding in any kind of raw. And we still saw some die-off reactions. Okay, so up to really a year for people with the, the high folate receptors. And there and then isn't just really watching that much. Stuff. Right, I'm sorry. Yes, yeah. And there really isn't, you know, such a heavy-duty difference between uh, flash pasteurized and raw. You know, raw, sure, some of the enzymes are stronger. Uh, the key word is stronger. So if you have a child that has many comorbid issues, it's best to be careful. And if you are not able to run the FRA results, um, then it is it is best to start with flash pasteurized. You can do that at home as well. It can be done at home as well. Right, and I will link to muscle testing on the page uh, for the show notes at naturallyrecoveringautism.com forward slash 43. And um, sometimes muscle testing can be really helpful to detect if your child is ready, if the body will accept muscle testing, or if, uh, if and if they are, at what dosage you could be on as well. So uh, we're going to take a short break right here. You're listening to Naturally Recovering Autism. Please stay with us. Hi there, and welcome back to Naturally Recovering Autism. I'm your host, Karen Thomas, and today we're talking with Dr. Jody DeShore about the benefits of camel's milk for children with autism. And uh, before the break, we were talking a little bit about how to very slowly titrate up with dosages and flash pasteurized versus uh, raw which I know has been a common question, and uh, raw basically is just a lot stronger. And if your child has some folate sensitivities, then um, then the uh, the raw could be too strong for them in the beginning. So uh, flash pasteurized it just sounds like a kind of a safer way to begin, um, uh, just to be on the air on the side of caution as well. But I have linked to my muscle testing tutorial video, just one of them, just to give you a, a, a brief introduction to it and understand muscle testing. And you can play with it and learn how to use it um, with your own child and then uh, and then see if a product or a supplement of anything, a food, is acceptable for your child's body. or um, And then if it is, what dosages? Because uh, our kids' dosage needs change daily. And our kids are really, really sensitive. So it's very important to go very, very slowly with children with autism. And I've linked to all of today's show notes at naturallyrecoveringautism.com forward slash 43. And just the numbers 4-3. And Dr. Deshore also has a book coming out that I want to make sure you know about because it is going to have some chamomile protocols on it, in it, and then it'll help give you uh, maybe a little bit further guidance. So, Dr. Deshore, do you do you want to share a little bit about that? Uh, yes, thank you, Karen. Yes, this is going to be uh, full of my protocols, my herbal protocols, the essential oils, uh, the uh, all kinds of support. This is the complete BioNexus protocol guide. Uh, it's called as the sustainable plant-based solution. To chronic chronic inflammatory response syndrome uh, with special focus on autism. 
Um, it should be coming out in a few months. Uh, my website is uh, bionexushealth.com. And there is uh, kind of, you know, stay tuned to that and there will be an announcement. And, and I'm sure um, I'll, I'll forward you that information as well. So you, you can have it on your website, Karen, as well. Um, then one last thing I wanted to say was June 22nd is World Camel Day. And uh, the amazing Dr. Razik, that there are so many uh, amazing camel professionals in the Middle East. So uh, there's Dr. Razik, there's Dr. Pierce in Kenya. Dr. Razik is in Al Ain in, um, uh, near Dubai in the Middle East. So we will be, uh, there's Dr. Ilsi in India. So these are all wonderful uh, camel milk professionals all over the world. And we'll be making uh, a small movie which once again, you know, your website and my website will definitely have uh, have a link to uh, link to that. Uh, <coughs> excuse me. As to where to get the best camel milk from, you know, if you have a local farmer that is producing raw camel milk, that's great. There are many Facebook resources that are available groups, uh, and then there is the uh, International Forum for Camel Advocacy and Medicine, the IFCAM Facebook group, and the uh, um, Camel Med Forum uh, link that we gave out earlier, people can ask for local suppliers. So there, there's uh, plenty of help available out there if you need any information. And I have linked uh, again to the Camel Med Forum and the International Forum for Camels Medicine, also uh, termed IFCAM. And uh, yeah, when uh, you have that, you said there's a video for World Camel Day. Again, it's June 22nd. And uh, when I get that video from you, Dr. Deshore, I'll go ahead and put it in the page in the show notes uh, with all of this as well. Uh, is there anything else you'd like to add before we end? Our time is getting close to ending. Yes, isn't it? Yeah, it just goes by so fast. Well, we have, um, we have Dr., uh, and I don't want to mispronounce her name, Dr. Ludmila in Uzbekistan, I believe. She is uh, another amazing uh, lady with camel milk. Then there is uh, 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 Baigama Baikal in Mongolia, who is you know, a BBC celebrity. She's traveling on camelback from Mongolia to London, UK. So there is a, a lot of uh, amazing, wonderful happenings uh, going on in the world of camels and camel milk. Wow. Yeah, who would have thought World Camel Day, June 22nd. So look forward to that video. I will be adding it to the show notes again. They'll be at naturallyrecoveringautism.com forward slash 43, just the numbers 43, so you can get all the resources and things that we talked about today on the show. And thank you again, Dr. Deshore, for being here with us so much. I really appreciate your time and your expertise and you coming back time again to um, share uh, these resources that, that uh, help parents with children with autism so we can get these natural resources out to them. You're welcome. Very welcome. Pleasure. So have a great week, everyone. Next week, we have a, an expert talking about enzymes, uh, very, various uh, uses of enzymes, whether it's therapeutic or broad space for digestion. But we will be talking with Dr. Devin Houston. So please join us next week at naturallyrecoveringautism.com and uh, here on this show and at the BBM Live. And I look forward to seeing you. Have a great week. Take care. 